I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we dive into today's episode, we want to share something exciting with our Young Adults Today fam. On March 4th and 5th, 2022, we will be having our third annual conference. So we want to invite you and your team in person this year to Minneapolis, Minnesota for this opportunity as leaders to rally together with other young adult ministry leaders from across the country. You can find out more details and register today at www.youngadults.today. Now for today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation in our world today. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Mike Keneally. And we are your hosts. And today is a special episode. And we want to do something special for our listeners this Christmas. And our prayer is that this video and this audio podcast is a gift to you. We know it's going to be some treasured time. We have a returning guest. Susie Larson, thanks for being with us today. I'm always honored to join you. So thank you for having me. You bet. And uh, for, for those of you listening and tuning in, thanks for subscribing, rating, reviewing, mm-hmm. sharing this content. It helps us reach the message of young adults today with more listeners. And we launch new content every Monday morning. And today yep. we're going to be kicking off into the Christmas season and into the Advent season. So something special is in store. And for those of you who are just getting to know her, we love Susie Larson and her husband, Kevin. Mm-hmm. She's a, Susie's a talk show host, very popular national speaker and author of, I want to say 18 books, but it might be more. <laughs> and uh, her passion is to see women Women everywhere awaken to the value of their soul, um, the depth of God's love, and the height of their calling in Christ. And we're so glad to have some time with you. And we want to do something special, like I said. So we're live streaming this on YouTube um, later for the replay, Susie. So don't worry. (laughs) And then also, um, it's going to be our podcast. But we wanted to kick this Christmas episode and season off by maybe Mm -hmm. having you share your favorite part of the Christmas season. Or maybe it's, you know, like a tradition that you love to celebrate. Wow. Well, my my dad's with Jesus now, but my mom, and I would actually give my mom most of the credit, but my parents emptied their pockets for Christmas. It just was like such an important time for them. There's seven of us kids and we didn't have a lot of money, but that was a time where they just, and it wasn't really about all the gifts, but there was something so just magical for lack of a better word, but not in the way that you probably think I mean it, but just so precious that my mom, you know, she just gave so much thought to each of us kids. So there were times when the, like the label would fall off the gift and you'd open it, you'd know who it's for because she'd given such thought to each person. So it's like, oh, this is for sure for Pam, or this is Jeff's present or, and it's just the way that she gave gifts and gives gifts has really just really impacted the way I think about how God knows us so well. He knows what breaks our heart. He knows the parts of our story that we're not even sure of yet. And uh, there's just something just about that family memory that I really carry through just when I think of my relationship with God. But I love Christmas. I love it. And I love my, my Devo because I love the gospel of Luke. So that, you know, when you think about even Advent, what it means is arrival and coming is what it means. So to prepare for the arrival, prepare for the coming. And, you know, for generations, Christians have gathered and, and, you know, practiced fasting and praying on those four previous Sundays to Advent. And uh, I feel like, you know, when you think about how 
commercial everything has gotten. It's we don't practice restraint. We practice overindulgence and we wonder why we exit this year and enter the next one feeling kind of lethargic and bogged down. And I just think to, to kind of step back and go, not only am I going to honor the fact that Jesus came, but I'm going to be expectant because his return is nearer than it's ever been. So I, I don't know, I feel really passionate about this particular Advent season, given all we've been through in the last couple of years, because his return is nearer than it's ever been. And Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke, if I return and find you about my father's business, I will put an apron on myself and I will serve you. It's like, I want you to live ready so much that I, I will serve you myself if I catch you being about my father's business. So I just, I pray that people sense the invitation to live with kind of a holy expectancy. Simply amazing. And I remember growing up in my parents' family, my parents, Bill and Monica, especially also Susie, my mom, she <laughs> started this tradition when I was young and we've done it ever since. And now we have two daughters, mm -hmm. so they get to be a part of it, kind of the next generation. But what my mom did is kind of went all out with gold, frankincense and myrrh. Wow. Very and, cool. Yeah. So like three distinct gifts and maybe the gold gift was like the, the thing that we had been hoping for and putting at the top of our Christmas list. <laughs> and maybe frankincense was like a Michael W. Smith CD or a Susie Larson devotional or something like that. And um, then I remember like getting a cologne or my sister's like some sort of lotion for myrrh and and, and that's just been a cool tradition. And, and I love sharing that because again, our hope and prayer is that this Christmas is something special for people. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's remembering an old tradition or starting a new tradition. Michael, what would you say, like your favorite part of Christmas, you are Mrs. Christmas <laughs> besides Candace Cameron Bure. Oh, what, what would you say your favorite part or tradition is? I think, well, I grew up in North Dakota, so it's always very snowy, very cold. My birthday's in December. Um, actually my mom- Mine too. Is it? I'm the second. Oh, I'm the 18th, but I have two of my three sons are there, uh, the 9th and uh, 20th. So oh I can't even believe we did that to them. But anyway, That's anyway, so go back fun. to your, your story. Well, yes. And it just keeps getting better because as our family grows, my birthday's in December, my mom, my dad, my brother-in-law and my brother-in-law and my nephew share the same birthday. So my sister's wow. like, I wish I could write this off on taxes because there's so many birthdays in December. This is insane. She's like, I'm the odd man out in April. So it's just been fun to have those traditions, you know, being passed down, you know, from inviting people into our family. But I would just say just the Christmas um, tradition that we did was Thanksgiving night after everything's put into the fridge, all the leftovers are put in the fridge. We put Christmas music on, we had Chex mix, we would have hot chocolate or coffee and we put up the tree together and we'd start the Advent season more or less that night of just really recognizing like, mm. okay, Thanksgiving is order over. Yes. We're grateful um, for everything God is doing, but now we just get to step into the reason of the season. You know, it's not the gifts, it's not the presents, yeah. but just that feel of just being home and family oriented and having our hearts pointing towards Christ and not towards the gifts under the tree necessarily. That was always something fun that we did do. Don't get me wrong, but to, um, I don't know. My mom had this cheat. I thought it was a cheesy sign. I was like a third grader and it said, happy birthday, Jesus. And it was this banner that she put on the wall. And I'm like, happy birthday, Jesus. Like as a kid, I'm like, that's just weird. And now I look back and I'm like, no, that 
is why we believe what we believe and why we do what we do. So just thinking back on those family memories of Thanksgiving night, more or less leading up until Christmas day. So I would say that is one fun thing. What a a great memory. That's amazing. I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, we're so thrilled to have you here. We know that you've been working on this crazy, amazing book. Josiah has it here in his hand. It's called prepare him room. And just in time for the Christmas season, you wrote a brand new book, a devotional called Prepare Him Room. And what is your hope for the listener today for those who read it? And what do you want them to experience as they go through it this Advent season? Well, that's a great question. You know, when I think about arrival, when I think about coming, when I think about what are the, what's sort of the recipe for preparing him room, I feel like that's really explored in the Gospel of Luke, like living with the holy expectancy, understanding humility and authority. I mean, there's all these themes that I draw from the different stories in Luke's Gospel. And so, and then at the end of each chapter, I, I issue a, a fast, and they're just very simple fasts, but they kind of, it's, I just think it's really good to say no to your flesh on somewhat of a regular basis. Yes. So yeah. one of the fasts might be, fast from self-contempt or fast from overdoing it or fast from trying to impress instead of bless. So based on whatever the theme of the, the daily reading is, I'll issue a fast and then there's a prayer. So my prayer at the, by the end is that people have a fresh love for the power of the gospel, for the reality of Jesus and the fact that he's returning. So I, I again, I just, I marvel when I, when I think about what, what stopped Jesus in his tracks, it seemed like it was faith and unbelief. You know, if he saw faith or if he saw unbelief, he's like, Whoa, look at this, you know, like he really noticed. So, so when, when he told the disciples, he'd given them authority over the power of the enemy and they went out and came running back saying, you know, Jesus, even the demons obey us. I thought for sure that he would say, I, you know, I told you this faith stuff works because faith was such a big invitation and such an important part of the conversation with Jesus. But he didn't. He said, don't marvel that the demons obey you. I, like I already told you that would be the case. Marvel that your name is written in the book of the life, a book of life, because, you know, that is the most expensive miracle. And that to me you know, I, at this age and stage of my walk with God, I really believe God wants us to walk in ever increasing uh, awareness and appropriation of the gospel and of our savedness, because I, I think we've reduced it to a prayer, uh, you know, check the box, get out of hell. The gospel is so much more far reaching. And, you know, like, um, one of the, one of the devos is John the Baptist, when he says, prepare the way. And, you know, and I asked in the chapter, what is he asking them to do? Because he's like, you brood of vipers, you know, who told you to, I mean, I, I always laugh that he and Jesus always seem like they tried to thin the crowd. You know, it's like they, they say things in a way that, and, you know, anyway, I always think I, I might've said that different, but you know, that's, that's why they're in the Bible and not me, but anyway, <laughs> you know, he's letting them have it. Right. And he's like, prepare the way. And I asked the question in that chapter, what does he want them to do? Go home, clean their act up and come back so they can jump in the waters of baptism? Absolutely not. But he is saying, prepare to change because the high places are coming low. The low places are going to be brought up. The crooked ways are going to be made straight. And when he started, and that's the reality is when the spirit of God takes up residence, there's always, we go from strength to strength, glory to glory. So there's, that means there's always a next thing in our lives where God kind of puts his finger on 
And they were so cut to the heart, they were like, well, what do we do? And he had a different answer for each of them. And this wasn't works salvation. This wasn't saying, okay, you got to give away your resources to the poor. And you got, he was tapping into things that where they kind of proof that they needed a savior. Like the soldiers, he said, quit misusing your power. Tax collectors, quit extorting money. You know, it's like he, if you notice, he had a different answer for each person. In other words, he was saying, These, let's start here as Jesus takes up residence in your soul. God is going to change your tastes. He's going to change your affections. He is going to change you from the inside out. So are you ready for that? And and so one of my passions that I've been thinking about exiting this year after the two years we've had is to ask yourself, what what baggage, what lie did I pick up when life let me down? Mm -hmm. What baggage am I dragging with me that God is saying, actually, I want you to leave that in 2021. And I want you to get a fresh vision for 2022. And uh, But that whole idea of preparing to change is such a beautiful invitation. And it's not something we do, but it is something we allow. And so my prayer is that people would be so receptive to the work of God that no matter how long they walked with God, they would say, you know what, I hold a Dixie cup and the ocean remains. There's so much more of God to experience. And the fact that I'm saved, that I'm, my name is written in the book of life, I, I want to walk an ever-increasing understanding of what that actually means. Like, what did I get saved from? What did I get saved for? Because this transaction was holy, it's sacred, and powerful. And I just don't think we think about it enough. So anyway, that's a long answer, but that's that's my hope and prayer. If people would just be awakened to what they possess in Jesus. So that's good. Definitely. And Christmas time is such a special time to do that, to reflect on maybe the year past, mm -hmm. to to look at some traditions, to start some new traditions. And I remember being in preschool actually, and that was <laughs> the the one year that I remember being four years old. My younger sister had just been born. And I had an older sister and I came home from preschool with like the advent wreath and every Sunday night we, we lit the candle and we learned the meaning. And, um, so I'm kind of dusting off the cobwebs on some of those memories. And I think of the listener too, Susie, who wants to know more about advent specifically, why do we celebrate advent and, and what is significant? I know you, you talked about the meaning, but like even maybe we're going to air this in time so mm -hmm. that the listener could still jump into this devotional journey mm -hmm. and they could still celebrate the four Sundays and, and the weeks leading up to Christmas. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you'll, you, you'll notice if you post anything online, you'll have the few people who say Advent is a pagan practice, but, but for generations, Christians have, have looked at this as an opportunity to steward a heart that is prepared to honor the fact yeah. that Think about it. I mean, Jesus was on his throne in heaven. And I mean, just if you can visualize him taking off that robe, crawling into the womb of a teenage virgin girl, being born in a place, you know, it's not like Jesus or God forgot to call ahead, book a hotel. I and mean, it wasn't like an oversight that he was born in a cave. God was very purposeful about that. Yeah. He was born in a cave, placed in a trough to communicate loud and clear. I didn't come for the elite. I didn't come for those who keep all the rules. I came for those who cannot, who know they can't save themselves. And I just think to, to slow down and back up and go, what he did, the fact that he walked the earth on our behalf, you know, and he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. I think you can only grow in your faith journey to honor that. I mean, those are like stones of remembrance to me. To, and, and, you know, one of the things I did one Thanksgiving, uh, 
at our old house, we Kev's family is pretty big family, and we had woods out back. And on each tree, there was a, a bunch of different trees. I put these different signs, and I had these little gold chocolate coins sit, sitting around the base of each tree. But one of them was, you know, uh, things that you've been forgiven, uh, blessings that you've taken for granted, you know, just whatever. And they would take a coin, and they it would be a remembrance, and they put it in their bag, you know, and. Uh, they went and they just went on a journey through the woods basically and almost every one of them came back crying and then we dumped all the gold coins and they just spread all over the table and i said you know these represent the goodness of god and we forget and i just think there's something super honoring about remembering and that's why i guess i really love just that instead of rushing into the christmas season if you're not careful it you will be sucked right into the commercialism of it all mm -hmm. overindulging overspending over drinking eating whatever and literally you will exit this year you can't hear god when you're overindulging you just can't that's why you create space so you can mm -hmm. hear him and i think that, that the enemy would love nothing more than for christians to just buy into all that right and i'm not saying i love gifts i love decorating i'm not saying don't do that but i'm saying put first things first where you're going i'm going to slow down enough to honor the fact that there was nothing commercial about that first christmas you know the way jesus came and the way he lived and i want to enter into that reality mm -hmm. and then it, i think it'll make you enjoy your your festive parties all the more because you're keeping the main thing the main thing that's so good. Susie, you already went there talking about like stressed versus blessed. And we live in a very tense, high driven, fast paced society. No this day and, age. and there's, there's a lack of stillness. There's a lack of silence. And they've become absent many times in our lives, not even just during the holiday season in everyday living, but something happens special during the month of December when school semesters pause, employees take time off. And like you said, that space slows down. And if we allot it to God can speak, right? So I would just be curious to say, what encouragement can you offer the soul who needs, you know, to feel more blessed or experience the blessings versus feel more stressed during this holiday season? Well, right away, I'm thinking of Jeremiah 33, 3, call on me and I will answer you, tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Deuteronomy 29, 29, I think it is, 29.9 or 29.29. It says, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things he revealed to us belong to us and to our children forever. I mean, think about that. I mean, over and over again, you read in scripture, it is his good pleasure, not only to give us the kingdom, but to give us revelation. And when you see what you're trading, if you feel like you've been more stressed than blessed, if you create some space and say, Lord, I'm calling on you, knowing you're going to answer me and tell me things I do not know. If you can get a vision for how God wants you to exit this year and enter the next year, to me, that is just, it changes everything as to how you walk this thing out and i just know too many people who again who show up on january 1st and they bought into all of it and they just feel lethargic mm -hmm. and overdone in every way and then they got to make up for lost time and i just think there's something beautiful about getting a holy revelation in this season and going you know what? i'm going to eat some fun festive foods i'm just not going to eat every festive food i'm going to buy some fun gifts but i'm not going in in the red to buy a bunch of you know what i mean right. where you have some kind of uh, temperance so to speak so that you can really encounter god i just think there to me i mean i worked in fitness for a lot of years and I, as a 
person who's had a lot of chronic health issues, I have had to be super disciplined and full of self-control. But I'm telling you, every time I do that and I offer it up as an offering, there's something there. It's like spiritual muscle energy. You know, when you go, I'm saying no to my flesh so I can make space and say yes to God. There's you, there's like a divine holy energy. Do you know what I'm saying? Where you feel the power of the Holy spirit. Totally. Yeah. So anyway, well, and you, you mentioned John the Baptist earlier being kind of a theme that influences the Christmas story and even preparing the way. And I think of one of his anthems can be our anthem. It can be our March. It can be our prayer as, as, as we make way mm-hmm. for the King to come, as we make space and prepare him room. He just talked about less of me is more of him. I must decrease yeah. in order for him to increase. And Christmas time is a great time for that great time for that. And we're talking to Susie Larson, by the way, we've got a few copies here of prepare him room, and we're going to do a few giveaways for you tuning in and listening. So if you're watching on YouTube, all you need to do is type into the comments, one favorite Christmas tradition you have, or something that you're going to do to slow down, to celebrate, to prepare room for the Holy spirit. And also if you head over to the Instagram that we have just at young adults today, Um, We're going to do a few special giveaways there, and you can still, at the time of recording this, you can still get copies on Amazon, right, Susie, but the publisher sold out. So you Mm -hmm. may want, if you, if you want to get this serious, yeah, if you want (laughs) to get this in time to do the 2021 Advent journey leading up to the arrival of Christmas, jump on it. And if, if you do win the drawing and win the giveaways, we'll be sure to expedite the shipping process to get them to you quickly so you can um, so you can enjoy and we just our prayer once more is that everyone tuning in would experience something mm-hmm. special this Christmas and Susie mm-hmm. we love your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and yeah. we just acknowledge the the sweet spirit that you have that's sensitive towards the things of God and it's really our joy to spend time with you and then to ask you a question like this mm-hmm. one how can we, Micah and I, and anyone listening, tuning in, how can we this, this year, right now, 2021, slow down, pause and enjoy and approach God with a heart that's expectant for the arrival and experience Mm. something special, fresh and anew this Christmas. Mm. I don't know if you're going to like what I'm going to say, but I will tell you, this is how I'm, what I'm doing right now. And it's been so amazing is I've just, I've turned off the news and notifications, and I'm immersing myself in God's words. If I'm not reading it, I'm playing it on my phone, and I've got an earpiece in, and I'm, you know, whipping around here doing different things, and uh, when I've got a daily show, I'm pointing to my studio, it's right there, but uh, (laughs) when I'm not prepping and executing that show, I've got the word on, because I'm like, I just, you know, I... I want some breakthroughs in my life. I've got some things I'm contending for. And, but as I just kind of not see God as a means to an end, but the beginning and the end as someone worth knowing, even in my not yet, um, just immersing myself in the word. It's just been, oh, I just, I just, I, when I think about you, life on earth is short. Eternity is long. And there's going to be a day we'll be like him because we'll see him face to face. And so to live in a way that's worthy of his name now, to enjoy his presence versus relegate him to number five or seven on the list. Again, not out of legalism or ought to's or should do's, but really a get to, an invitation to experience Beautiful. heaven. I don't know about you, but every time that I've said no to this extra noise, 
so I can say yes and give some space to his voice in my life. It's just, I acquire a better taste for it. And it's like, it's my best thing. So that, that's what I would say. That's so good. I just, I'm just reminded of the verse that talks about like his word never comes back void. We have it written on our heart and it's in our mind and it's, you know, it's written on our hearts. We, we have the ability to walk out in a confidence knowing who we are and whose we are in, in and out of a holiday season. It doesn't matter. I mean, God is present in all of it. And when we invite him in, like he will invade our hearts. He will invade our spaces. He will invade our situations in the best way. When I say invade, he will intervene on our behalf. And I think so many times we try to go it alone or you look around and you just see loneliness and you see depression and anxiety and fear, doubt, worry, loss, like all these different things when people could be experiencing as believers, if we're claiming to be a believer, we can experience the freedom and the joy and the, the liberty that yeah. we have to, to worship God in this day and age and to know that he is for us. He's not against us. And you know, he's not finished with us yet. If there's breath in our lungs, there's still a mission he has us on. And if we don't know what that mission is, we need to get in the word to help us uncover and discover what that is and making the best decision um, and saying yes to him, but making the next decision, you know, is sometimes he will reveal himself through the word and through worship and just different avenues, I guess, more or less. But um, yeah, I just want to encourage the listener. If you find yourself in a, in a desperate season or a desert, um, just to know that God is a God that orders and aligns your steps. And I just think of the word oasis, like he's, he has an oasis waiting for you in the desert and an oasis is a hiding place. It's luxury, luxurious. It's luscious. There's, there's water. Like your thirst can be quenched. It's just a matter of, are you going to seek that out? Or are you just going to curl up and <laughs> give up, you know? So go ahead. And, and you said we might not like that. You mentioned that your practices are just where you're at. We actually do like it because number one, it's, it's authentic. It's vulnerable. It's, it's mm-hmm. where you're at. And I'm just reminded of a few things that I'm experimenting with that I'm growing in. And one of those is at times I'm too tethered to technology and I'm too active, whether it's on social media or other things. And so I've just done a few things since our second daughter was born. So about 10 weeks mm-hmm. and one of them, we don't need alarm clocks anymore. They are obsolete at our house, whether it's daylight savings or not. So I stopped charging my phone in our bedroom and now it charges somewhere else in our house. And that one practice has brought such peace and such relief and such um, Mm -hmm. an elimination of worry, stress, fear, anxiety. Another one, Mike has challenged me on this and I I love to participate (laughs) in this is like pick a day that's tech free. And so for me, sometimes it's Sunday, sometimes it's Tuesday, whatever it it may be. But um, those are a few practices that like not being always tethered to my phone. And then the last one is instead of when I'm rocking one of our daughters, if they are sleeping and if I am holding them and I have my phone, which is not always, instead of scrolling social media, I'm reading something that's the word or something that's uplifting my soul on Kindle. Mm-hmm. And um, just those few practices is kind of like clearing out the clutter right. and making room for peace and joy and mm-hmm. comfort. And so I just wanted to echo that, like, hey, mm-hmm. we might want to, if we want to experience breakthrough, we might want to try something new. And I'm not suggesting you do right. what I'm doing or right. Susie's doing, but maybe, maybe start with one of the fasts that she declares or different things like that. Yeah. I just want to jump in. I was just going to say, you know, working in radio for a long time, 
you know, Josiah, it is amazing how I'll hear those things from maybe a 40 or a 50 year old who's hit the burnout. And so I don't mean that to, this to sound condescending, but for you to do this at your age is super impressive because again, so often it's these leaders who are driving, driving, striving, and they hit the wall and then they write a book on Sabbath and then that lands on my desk. And then we have these conversations and those are some of the things they institute. But I just, that's why I, I really do love restraint. I just think it's such a, again, you can make anything a law and legalism and that's not what I'm saying, but if it creates some space so you can rest, if you even feel your soul exhale and, had a guest on recently where she just talked about the bedroom, you know, you know, and she says, you know, we have a TV in our room and we hardly ever watch it, but she said, get that out of there and don't charge your phone in your room and right. turn it into a sanctuary where you come in and you exhale. And I went in our bedroom and I'm like, Oh my word, <laughs> this place stresses me out just because I have necklaces hanging everything. Just look, you know, I'm like, that is it because sleep is so important for my health, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like, you might be surprised, you know, Elijah took a nap and had a snack, but you know, whatever the Lord tells you, if you're listening, it will fit you and you will love it because it'll bear some fruit in your soul. So I, I pray that we don't postpone those things till next year, but you know, that we will enter in now so we can be fully present, you know? That's so good. Susie, I just have a question. I love to ask this, whether it's to a doctor, to a friend or somebody in a specialty area in their sweet spot. And I'll just ask you, what is something that we should be asking you, Susie, that we have not yet asked you? Oh my, I've never even asked that question on the radio. I'm going to borrow that. That's fantastic. It's yours. Wow. You can use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. I can't, you know, the one thing that comes to my mind is just, uh, what's your greatest struggle? And I'm sure that that's, you know, uh, might be, you might, anyway, I'll answer that. Um, but discouragement, I, I battle off and on. It used to be fear, but God's really done a deep, deep work, but I just don't, I mean, you can hear my voice. I told you guys before this, I was, I tested positive for COVID this morning. I feel okay. But with Lyme disease, uh, for, you know, my whole adult life is right. just up and down, back and forth. And I, I really never feel well more than two days in a row. So that gets old. There's just times where, I mean, I, I'm super disciplined, super focused, and I watch all across my T's and dot my eyes. But, you know, <clears throat> if I have a good couple of days, I, I am the happiest person in the world because it's like, this is what normal people feel like. But it doesn't last. Inflammation comes and, and I battle discouragement. So I have to really work at that because um, behind discouragement is some entitlement, you know, uh, God, I, I wish I had, I wish I could have more than you're giving me. I mean, he's been so good on so many levels, but just underneath that is sort of, if I'm just honest, it's very mild. It's, I don't want to overstate it, but a mild kind of offense with God where I'm like, I'm so hurt mm -hmm. that I still haven't been healed yet. It, it's so painful. And so that is so like right there for me, you know, yeah. just, I battle a lot with that, but you know, he's so faithful and I'm going to keep contending, you know, godliness with contentment is great gain. So contending, but being faithful in the space where I am without just biding my time till I get what I want. I mean, there's so much of God to experience in the here and now. And one thing he said to me over and over again is you don't have to feel well to be powerful in, in the good. kingdom. And I don't. So I'll keep on keeping on, but when I get that new body, watch out people. Because 
Kevin keeps telling me there's no competition in heaven. I'm like, there so is. And I'm going to be beating everybody in the race. So anyway, I love that, it. that's my honest, raw yeah. answer. Yeah. We just acknowledge, again, your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and your willingness to not only share your highlight reel, because there's an amazing highlight reel. You are powerful. God is using you right. in such amazing, incredible ways online in, and just, I think the reach of your ministry, you're never going to recognize here on earth, Susie. That's the Mm -hmm. other thing too. And your, your morning and evening blessings, your prophetic words, Mm -hmm. we just acknowledge you for the gift to the kingdom of God and to Mike and I specifically that you Mm -hmm. are, you're a treasure and a deep well. So we acknowledge you for that. And what I'm learning in real time is that I used to believe this myth that people would only relate with my successes. And what I've found interesting is when I share about a scar that I have or a struggle that I'm facing, whether it's discouragement or something else like you just did, that's where people actually lean forward and, and we don't have to have it all together. And it's, it's so often we, we say, be authentic, be authentic. But if we're not aware with ourselves. Right. We can't be then authentic. And so we just want to go one, one more uh, segment where we do five final thoughts, five questions, Susie, in five minutes. And we're just curious, what are you dreaming about lately? Hmm. I, uh, well, when I, I want to say when we crossed over from uh, 1999 to 2000, I was fasting and praying and really seeking the Lord. And he gave me a super clear vision of uh, because we purposely cross denominational lines in the ministry and I get criticized for that sometimes, but it's like, it's okay. The church is made up of Baptists and yeah. charismatics and evangelicals. And, um, and so people can think what they want, but we know we're called to that. Right. So we just do that. But, um, but in this, like, I mean, it was, I can't remember even if it was a dream, but it was a crystal clear vision of this audience. And, and it was ma- made up of so many different denominations of Christ followers. And I was on the stage just speaking and doing my thing. And the Holy Spirit came in without any kind of fanfare. And just, this, you could see like the smoke kind of rise up from underneath their chairs. And as it rose, chains just broke and depressed people were suddenly delivered and felt joy and healed bodies were sick. And what the Lord spoke to me is, you know, the charismatics don't hold the corner on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to contend for low fanfare, high miracles, you know, and uh, this is something that he's put in my heart. And so for 20 years, every single day, I pray for that, that God would just, that I would speak and captives would be set free. The depressed would be delivered. The sick would be healed and restored. The broken would find God just restoring and putting them back together. And I, I'm contending and believing, and I, 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 we've heard some amazing testimonies of you weren't even talking about this, but this happened with God, you know, and that's what I want because I think sometimes it's made, I I don't like the fanfare, you know, I don't like the big show and I don't like it to be about one person with a particular gift. I mean, I, I love the intimacy of just the spirit of God kind of sneaking in there and doing something precious, maybe during worship or whatever. And so um, I don't know if I've even ever said that publicly, but that is something I contend for and dream about. And so what I'm dreaming about now is just more fruit in that regard, more and more people healed and redeemed and restored. Um, I ask God about that every day. That's so good. Well, thank you for sharing that. And we're going to join our faith with with you that God's going to continue to 
to heal and restore and redeem every aspect of people's lives, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Like we all have something that needs freedom. And I think that you are definitely one advocate and pioneer that's doing that on stage and behind the scenes in your prayer life. But here's kind of a fun one. Um, What is your favorite gift you've ever given or received? Hmm. Well, one thing that I, we do on a regular basis is gift baskets. So for example, one of our doctors and his wife who are good, good friends of ours, he has done so much for so many COVID patients. He's just, he's working long, long days and they're, they're just sacrificing so much of their personal time. And then there's another doctor and his wife. So the three couples get together every few months, but this one particular doctor, it's actually Carol Lund's son. If you know, you know, Carol Lund. Yeah her son-in-law, Dr. Jimmy Chang, uh, he is, um, he's like a missionary doctor. He's a saint and, and Karna Carol's daughter. Mm-hmm. She's brilliant. I mean, they're, they're, they're just this amazing, but they serve so humbly and sacrificially. So we were over there and we just, we put a date basket together. We have, it's a wonderful life, a cozy blanket. Uh, she loves a certain kind of coffee. He likes blueberry pie. And so we just put this kind of bountiful basket. If we're going to visit someone in the hospital, we'll do something different for what would be helpful for them. But even a picnic, like a best, you know, a blanket and some snacks and a devotional or something, but it's just like one of our most favorite things to do is to really be thoughtful about and just bring bounty, you know? So I love that. That's so I fun. love it too. You just mentioned the greatest movie of all time, black <laughs> and on. white. It's a wonderful <laughs> life. And then yeah. he if, cries every year. I do. I do. <laughs> no shame. It's unavoidable. <laughs> and, uh, the other great Christmas movie that people should check out is um, the ultimate gift. Um, great um, book, but also great, oh, yes. great, yeah. um, movie and it's a motion picture. We had Jim Stovall on the podcast. Mm -hmm. His story will fill your heart with faith um, this Mm -hmm. Christmas. But Susie, here's the curveball is if you could ask Micah and I any question, anything, what would it be today? What is your greatest struggle? Oh man. You want to go? You want me to go? Go ahead. Okay. I think for me currently we're, we're new parents. We have, uh, what is it? 20 month old and a two and a half, three, two and a half month old, almost two month old. So we had two kids during COVID essentially 2020, 2021. I think my struggle right now is managing the tension of mom, wife, Micah, like those three different aspects of who I am, like learn how to maintain, manage and juggle emotions, responses. Um, Okay, Lord, I need your wisdom. Okay, I'm not gonna act out of flesh. Um, I'm exhausted. I'm tired. So all these different emotions kind of can run rapid when one needs a diaper change, one's saying she wants milk, and then the other starts crying. Like everything happens at the same time. <laughs> and it's a blessing in disguise. And I love the season that we're in. But I think for me, because I'm trying to identify those three things, I feel like sometimes the struggle for me is putting God still on the forefront of all of that. So it's like when 5.30 or 6 a.m. starts for me and for us when the first one gets up, have I spent time with the Lord yet? The answer is probably no. Cause I've been up four times in the middle of the night. So, I mean, the struggle is keeping God on the forefront of every day in every situation in a new season of parenting and just trying to, while practicing, I, <laughs> I was going to say while practicing self-compassion, you know, because he gently yeah. leaves those with young. And I mean, I, yeah. I remember coming into our marriage with a very active walk of faith and we had our babies right away because of endometriosis. And I was just, my world was upended with 
three boys 20 months apart, right? And, right. Uh, but I remember the Lord just, you know, I came to him and I said, here's my tithe of the time. I got 10 minutes. I, you know, I, I can't even stand that that's all because I used to have one to two hour devotional times when we right. first got married. And I said, but you are a miracle working God. And first John, I think it's 4, 15, 14, 15 says, when I pray and, and I know it's your will, I can know that I'll have that which I've asked. So I, I stood on that promise, gave him my 10 minutes. And I said, I'm believing you want more time with me. I want more time with you. So I'm asking for a miracle. And I'm telling you, Micah, God did that. I mean, I had different Amen. older women telling me, just postpone it till they get older, you know, go easy on yourself. But I'm like, I'm desperate for God. I can't postpone my time. On the other hand, I want you to practice self-compassion, but I will tell you contending for a miracle, they would just play longer or they'd sleep through the night. And before I knew it, the time was expanding. And you know, that's contrary to nature when you have little ones, but God does things contrary to nature. That's what makes it supernatural. So Anyway, that's what I'll pray for you. Because... Hey, I'm going to take that prayer. You can take my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. You know, I'll, I'll answer that question too, Susie. I, um, from a young age, I mean, fourth grade, fifth grade, dealt with perfectionism to the point of tension headaches. Like mm. fifth grade through eighth grade, I had a tension headache that was like a band across my forehead, like a sweatband pulled too tight. And barely a day went by where I didn't have a debilitating headache. And um, Mm -hmm. what I've come, like I was healed of those in a chiropractor's office. And I think a part of a component of that healing was a moment of surrender where I needed to have some hands down moment and stop carrying some hurts, stop carrying some offenses, some bitterness, even at that young of an age. And um, even though I've, I've lived tension headache free since then. And I'm 30 years old. Mm -hmm. I also, I think I still have a tendency towards perfectionism. Um, I'm an encourager. I'm an optimist and I believe the best about everyone. And I hold myself, I think to a higher standard than I would ever hold anyone else to. Your toughest critic. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm my greatest cheerleader in my best moments right. and my shadow would be, I am my worst critic or enemy with that. So I'd say maybe thought life would be a great challenge, even though I think very healthy, holy thoughts, a majority of the time, that's a constant thing. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been a lifelong journey of learning to lay down the need to be seen in a positive light. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, to John Piper talks about make peace with imperfection. Good. You know, I think that that's the journey that I'm on and still struggling and experiencing some strength in the struggle too. Yeah, that's awesome. One of the things I'll tell young women I mentor is to be content, to be misunderstood. And that, you know, they're like, wait, what? But I'm telling you, Jesus was content to be misunderstood because he was on mission. So I think there's something so powerful about detaching from the opinions of others so you can be free. So I thank you for sharing. Honestly, you guys appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, of course. I receive what you just said, too. I go. really do. So you can go back and listen to this again, right? Yeah. Put on repeat. Yeah. All right, Susie, here's question number four. Why do you believe investing in the mm. next generation is important? Hmm, boy. Wow. You know, you look at, they, they say we're in a post-truth culture, you know, and uh, 
where truth is thrown to the ground. And it feels like that in so many ways. I remember one day going to bed, just kind of down about that. And then I woke up and I stumbled upon Psalm 85 and it says, truth springs up from the ground and righteousness smiles down from heaven. So even though truth is being thrown to the ground, as long as we keep sowing seeds, truth's going to keep springing up from the ground and righteousness will smile down from heaven. And I feel like as if, if you know, if, if, COVID has shown us anything. It's that the church has been sleeping, I think. I, I think yeah. we really have missed opportunities to influence culture. And, uh, you know, they say Washington, D.C. is downstream from culture and church. And so what's happening in culture and church is what's happening in Washington, D.C. And that's very sobering when you think about it. So there, not, not only is it a good idea, it is our responsibility to sow into those who've come after us, or, you know, that we can really... Um, minister to them, help them know who they are, who's there, and what that even looks like. Because I think modeling it and, and making yourself available is just so profoundly important. When I see the fruit of it, nobody can convince me otherwise. And uh, it just feels like it's a responsibility for us as, as God's people, you know, to be sowing into those who are younger than us and gleaning and drawing from those who are older than us. So that's so good. I feel uh, so blessed to sit in this chair. I think 125, 150 episodes now because we get to learn wisdom from those whose shoulders we're standing on and those who are going before us actively like you, Susie. And we get to be the beneficiary of the deposits of knowledge and wisdom in these treasures and share them in real time with others as well. And so you had talked about the smile of God. And I do pray that for everyone listening. That's such a powerful picture this Christmas to know that God is for you. He's beside you. He's with you. And he's wanting to show you his smile. And Susie, as we kind of close today, if you could share one encouragement or piece of advice with college pastors, with young leaders, what would you leave them with? Boy, that's a great question. I would say that you would get what I challenge you to get with God and work through all of your attachments to other people's opinions, because this is a time the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And they say, when you fear God, you need fear nothing else. But like one of my guests, I think it was, uh, oh, Samuel Rodriguez. He was on my show a few weeks ago. And he's, I said, do you feel afraid? Because he gets criticized plenty because he's so bold. And he said, I used to, but I don't anymore. As long as I guard the integrity of the word and I stay fixed on what God is asking me to do, there's power in what I'm doing and saying, and then God can sort out the rest. But it's like, truly, it's not just enough to just, you know, kind of strive, um, you know, how do I want to say this? I feel like there's something super powerful about detaching, you know, really being honest, going whose opinion matters too much, whose opinion is carrying too much weight for me right now and do the work to sever some of those attachments and say, Lord, I want to transfer that into a holy fear of who you are. I want your word to come alive Amen. because when you start to be bold and kind of feisty to go, I'm going to preserve the integrity of this word. I'm not going to fear man. I'm going to walk in the power of God. I'm going to speak with precision. I'm going to trust God to sort the rest of it out. That would be my challenge and encouragement to you. Oh, that's so good. We and receive it. Yes, we do. And it's just an amazing challenge, specifically this holiday season, because so many people go into January 1 with all these, this whole list of wanting to accomplish, or maybe they're praying for a word or a Bible verse and just really, you know, 
wanting and desiring that, but not taking the time to walk through the process. And I talked to many young adults who are like, well, I know what I need to do and I know where I want to be, but I don't want to take the journey to get there because I know it's too hard. And Mm -hmm. I think as leaders and pastors, if God's put that mandate, that mandate on your life or giving Mm -hmm. you a mantle or giving you a platform of any kind to lean into that, to lean into your own messy, this holiday season and ask and receive, ask for forgiveness, extend forgiveness, receive it in any way that you need to, as well as just allowing God to pluck through any and all things that you talked about those attachments, but then also replace it with that truth. Right? So when we, we take something out, like if you're in a garden, you're taking out this big pot, you're going to need to replace it with what, what the word of God says, who he says you are not the opinion that somebody else has placed on you or the label that you've picked up 10, 20, 30 years ago that you've actively been living out. So that's a great challenge for, for us as leaders, hopefully for the listener that you can take some stuff away. Susie, we just value your voice and just your persistence after God and just your, your willingness to go there with being vulnerable and just sharing the goodness of, of God, even in the midst of trouble and, and frustration at times, you know, so what a wonderful note to land on with Susie Larson. We are so grateful to have you. Thank you, Susie, for a great conversation today. Well, thank you for having me. And I just bless you for all that you're doing for the kingdom. Bless you. And thank you. Absolutely. What a treasure. And Hey, one last reminder, we are doing a few giveaways here on YouTube, as well as over on the Instagram, you can enter both. All you need to do on YouTube is just type in one thing that you're looking forward to celebrating this Christmas. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's something that God spoke to you through Susie, uh, something that maybe you need to sever the opinions of others and um, really dig down in the less of me more of him and let God's voice be the loudest in your life. But you can pick up your copy still on Amazon, prepare him room, and you can learn more about Susie Larson, her books for amazing reset resources. When you connect with us on our website, young adults today, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.